Welcome to another episode of the Really Big Fan Podcast. I am your host, Chizuk. I am uh, stalling to make sure that acronym gets all of her coffee swallowed. I'm fine. All right, cool. <laughs> I'm joined by my co-host, Acronym, Hi. who is a coffee addict. I need it. <laughs> and we're here for a night. You're very quiet today. You're very just like, I'm not ready. I- I'm not like, I'm not ready to be bombastic yet. Oh. It- it'll happen. All right. <laughs> we'll, we'll, know, we'll know when that switch flips. Yes. Okay. We've got a fun show for you this week. A very, um, a very kind of kind of strange guest, but it's a good conversation. It's <laughs> yes, uh, my friend Lauren Jewell. Uh, she is a concert photographer, but she also was working as a burlesque performer and has now transitioned into photographing burlesque. So it was kind of an interesting conversation to have of like the differences between doing them. And so she's kind of a big fan of both areas. So it's a little more ambiguous on what she's a big fan of, but it makes sense. Trust me. It's fine. Yeah, no. And we had a, we had a fun time. We had a great conversation and we can't wait to play it for you this week. Of course, we got our serotonin boost coming up at the end of the show. But as always, first, let's talk about the headline. About a half an hour ago, Nintendo had their Nintendo Direct, which is essentially every couple of months they let us know, hey, here's some new stuff that's coming out. Here's some new DLC that's coming out. Here's some new games you can look forward to in the next couple of months. And uh, the this today's was at 10 a.m. These things are usually like four in the afternoon, but for some reason they decided to do it at 10 a.m. this morning. Nerds aren't awake at 10 a.m. Yeah, well, I set my alarm and then I laid in bed for most of it and watched it, but they're they're fun to watch, even though usually there's they're about 40 minutes and there's usually only like one or two things that I'm like, what? Oh, my God, I can't wait for that. But, you know, they announced like 20 or 30 things in a Nintendo Direct. Uh, the, the highlights that I'll hit for you is the Super Mario RPG from the Super Nintendo that I actually bought the Super NES Classic because it was on there and they haven't like made it again in forever. Uh, they are re- completely remaking it. The Super RPG had graphics similar to Donkey Kong Country, where it looked like it was rendered with a computer that was better than the Super Nintendo, essentially. So it was kind of pixely on the Super Nintendo. But, um, so they're re, you know, because it's the Switch, they're re-rendering the whole thing. And, um, it's, it, it looks cool. It looks, it's, it's definitely something I'm going to keep my eyes on. They showed a Pokemon, uh, DLC for the Scarlet and Violet that's coming out. They showed... A little bit. Oh, they showed an amiibo for uh, Zelda. Um, there, the the Metal Gear Solid collection that's coming out is going to be on the Switch, as well as a collection of the Batman Arkham games that'll be up there. And um, what was the other thing? They talked about Pikmin a lot. I don't care about Pikmin. <laughs> oh, there's a there's a new 2D Sonic game that's coming out where you can play as Sonic, Tails, Knuckles, or Amy the Hedgehog, and it's actually going to have four player couch co op. Which four players in a Sonic game running quickly from left to right just sounds like chaos to me. Turn my head this way. All right. Okay. <laughs> we're having audio issues. Yeah, we're trying to figure out why the why the audio was wonky on last week's episode. So we're trying to figure out how we can uh, make it less wonky. Yeah. Uh, so here here's a piece of news for you if you're where you complete with your yes. thoughts. Uh, so. We've been talking about the Titanic thing that's oh, happening. Are we going to talk about this? Oh, well, we're going to talk about a specific part of this. Okay. So, 
it, obviously, if you've seen it online, there's a bunch of billionaires that went down in a submarine and then now they're lost. So there was a one of the kids of one of the guys that was on the boat posts that like, you know, all this stuff is going on with my dad, but I'm going to the Blink-182 concert tonight. And he basically was trying to milk it in the sense to try to get see if they would like come meet him. Yeah. Come to find out. This is the same guy that had threatened some of the performers at Elenium a couple years ago and got arrested trying to meet them and got off of it because his father is in the FBI. What? So I guess his dad is in this boat. His FBI working dad or possibly retired dad was crushed to powder. Essentially. In a boat, in a submarine for millionaires, controlled by a third-party PlayStation 2 controller. Right. So, like, one of the things that people were making fun of was it had Charlie from Always Sunny with the strings on the wall going, no, no, babe, I said the billionaire that's lost on the Titanic submarine's stepson is now milking it to meet Blink-182, but he's also the same guy that threatened to kill everyone at Illenium last year and got arrested for stalking DJs, but he got off because his dad is in the FBI. And there is, like, links that back this up about the guy that he basically threatened Alice in Wonderland, which is a DJ, uh, has, like, a tattoo. Of okay. Her. And then, like, they have some pictures of his Twitter going, I got a tattoo of this bitch and she fucking dissed me. Oh, my God. I will, she will fucking pay. I'll show up to her L.A. apartment. I'm going to find her and hunt her ass down. He's one of those people. Those guys, how do you end up being that guy but also having money? I, I don't understand. Like, well, it does. It does smack of like uh, entitlement. Entitle, yeah, yes. complete entitlement. They're like, I can't have this thing that I want, no matter how ridiculous it is. So I Damn. say, I say all of this to say, Blink One Eighty Two is now part of this Titanic billionaire lore. That that's all I really want. Wild drive home. Wild. I wonder if this is going to be like that balloon kid. You don't remember the the kid that was in there? The there was the the balloon that everyone thought was a ufo or and then the or there was the dad that was like oh my kid's up there and he's like there was this now friggin' weather balloon and never they found out that they staged the whole thing for well there are people that a lot that do that now which is really kind of sad honestly like there are people that like try to wreck cars so they can get internet fame sure it's really bizarre i, I tiktok has ruined everyone <laughs> If I do this thing that could kill me, I could make a bunch of money and go viral. Everybody's just trying to get in on that ocean spray money. Yes, exactly. (laughs) So a couple of days ago, Sony dropped the trailer for Kraven the Hunter, the next in these Spider-Man, not Spider-Man movies. Mm -hmm. Um, It stars, hold on, I just had it in front of me, Aaron Taylor Johnson Yep. as Kraven the Hunter, who was in uh, Age of Ultron as... um, uh, Quicksilver and kick ass, and it was kick ass, yeah. Um, and it looks like another Morbius waiting to happen. It's uh, it's it's gonna be bad. Uh, I'm pretty sure I saw somebody tweet something to the effect of, "Can we make Craven the Hunter get more views than Morbius just to be funny? Yeah, Can we all just go see Craven jump, right. so it looks successful. Right, exactly." <laughs> It would be funny if it had the biggest drop, if like everyone went in the first week and then no one went in the second week. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I'm pretty sure that's kind of what happened with Morbius. Right. So. <laughs> it would be really, really funny. 
Speaking but, of things yeah. that are part of the Marvel universe, uh, there was a TikTok countdown live stream for Secret Invasion that was happening with Samuel L. Jackson. Okay. And it looked like it was starting for six hours, and the entire time it was just Samuel L. Jackson staring into the camera. <laughs> Is he in costume? He's just, it's just Sam Jackson. He's just sitting there and and he looks very angry. He's wearing like a pink suit of some sort or like it's like a salmon colored suit. And he's just sitting between two director's chairs staring at the screen. <laughs> I'm sure that because you can actually the little background tech on this is now you can use Streamlabs. At least some people that have access to it. Not right. me. Not me, even though I have followers on there uh, uh, that you can use Streamlabs. To stream stuff to your live stream on TikTok. So okay. you can do it as the um, the phone size. Yeah. So I guarantee they probably only made them sit there for like five, ten minutes and then they just, just looked at the footage or something like that. But you, ha- you would have to sit really still in order to like be able to not notice any movement or breathing or anything like that. But I'm sure that they could pull it off with cinema magic. Well, I mean, you want him to look like he's breathing because you want it to look like it's not just a still image. Well, yeah, absolutely. But like I'm saying, like if he like, moved his head or anything, you could time those. Yeah. So you right. have to be really careful of how much you move. But uh, it kind of got that same vibe of that one time that Nick Offerman sat in front of the fire yes. with the drink. Yeah. Just sat there and drank it for like 10 hours. But the funny thing about that one is, is like, I fully believe that Nick Offerman just sat there all time <laughs> because that's just the kind of humor he has. Right. Does the, did the drink ever go down? Yeah. I mean, like, did he have to get another drink? I don't think so. I think he just was like casually sipping. <laughs> it was, it's funny, though. We uh, we used to watch it in the office at Christmas time. Erica and I would alternate between Nick Offerman drinking and um, Darth Vader on the fire yeah. for 10 hours with the fire crackling right. because it was just fire crackling. So it works well for Christmas. It would be really funny if somewhere in that 10 hours, like way in the background, there was. <laughs> yeah, no, I, I would halfway expect just like a um, an Ewok to walk up. What's that? <laughs> uh, I didn't want to spoil this last week, but in comic stores was a new comic from Robert Kirkman called Void Rivals, which is the official kickoff of what he's calling the Energon Universe. That's right. Robert Kirkman, who was rumored when the Transformers and G.I. Joe license lapsed from IDW uh, to be bringing it to Image Comics, can now confirm that in, uh, I believe, starting in September or October, there will be new Transformers and G.I. Joe comics published by Image overseen by Robert Kirkman. I'm uh, not a Robert Kirkman fan, really. So I'm I'm hopeful this is what will turn me around. <laughs> I'm hoping he does a, you know, he gets the right people and does a good job with Transformers. And, and then I'm, I'm like, okay, Robert Kirkman did one good thing. <laughs> so I see here that all of the roles that were done by that guy on Rick and Morty okay. are being recast. Oh, shit. So they're they're definitely pulling them. Uh, people are in the comments are saying, you know, go on TikTok. There's tons of people that have nailed the voices. You wouldn't even notice. Right. It, it would be really interesting if they decided to hire somebody that wasn't an actual voice actor. Yeah. I, I, I would actually find that really interesting overall. It'd probably irritate people that is, are voice actors, obviously, but... Yeah, maybe. I but at the same time... Man, if you can do it, then do it. If there's, like, you know, a voice actors guild, like there's a screen actors guild, then as long as, you know, they're not scabbing... Right, exactly. I'm sure that uh, I'm sure that everybody would be supportive. It could be an interesting opportunity, though. It would be. Yeah, I can't do either of the voices. Morty is the closest I can. I'm not... I don't have a great Morty. 
Nah, it, it's close, but it's not right there. No, definitely not. <laughs> and this Saturday was the first episode of uh, AEW Collision, their new two-hour show that's running every Saturday. It's kind of the land, land of misfit toys because it's headed by CM Punk. Uh, Miro is over there. Uh, who else was Andrade? Is uh, had a great match with uh, Buddy Matthews. The announcer accidentally called him Buddy Murphy. Oh shit! Yeah, that's funny. I thought that was funny, but also like the House of Black, like Malachi Black has had, you know, some things he's he's leaked on on social media about being unhappy at different points of the AW. So it seems like if if you uh, if you said anything bad to say about the boss or maybe the executive vice presidents, you're probably gonna be working Saturdays for a while. <laughs> yeah, I need you to come in on Saturday. Right. I really liked the fact that during the Buddy and Andrade match, they paid homage to their their ladies. Yes, by doing um, one of their moves. Yep, Andrade That's- did the figure eight, and he actually tweeted something to the effect of, you didn't tell me it was that hard to do. To, to get that, that handstand. <laughs> to get that handstand. And he's like, it, I mean, it helps I won with it, but like he, he like acknowledged the fact that he was having a hard time pushing himself up the mat yeah. doing it. And then um, he uh, Buddy Matthews did the triangle that she does for yeah the it's like the texas cloverleaf thing yeah which looks better when she does it because she's bigger than every other girl it's buddy matthews is is like kind of a a smaller dude (laughs) yeah he's pretty much like near the same height as andrade so it was a little weird to try to do but it was nice that they did that because usually it's the women that will pay homage to their husbands i think i've seen natalia do one of ty's things before yeah tj or tj that's what it was yeah, and there's been a couple others that have been like homages to their their spouse or partner. So I yeah. think it's really cool to see it the opposite way, and especially at another company, they're both emulating their WWE ladies, right? <laughs> which is kind of cool. And I know you'll be uh, excited about this. Jim Cornette covered uh, the collision. Oh god! And apparently had nothing but good things to say about CM Punk's promo. Wow! <laughs> Once again, I'm just like, what? Jim Cornette just strikes me as someone I should disagree with all the time, and right. yet most of the time he's saying legitimately th- normal things. Well, it's the kind of thing, like, I don't know that he's gone on a, a huge rant about CM Punk, but he's gone at length about how much he dislikes the Young Bucks and Kenny Omega, so uh, just about anybody that goes up against them, he's on their side. <laughs> I, I have said it on Twitter before, but I'll say it here, is that they're all children. <laughs> I don't think that... I don't think that absolves CM Punk. I'm not like a, a crazy like, yeah, CM Punk is right. You know, that type right. of person. I'm just like, you all are being children. I, I don't agree with any of you. But I do agree with the, uh, them holding up the sign about um, trans lives mattering or trans children yes. and then stuff like that. That was. And for anybody that thinks that that was like a, a work, fuck off. <laughs> fuck all the way off. <laughs> King Bob says Punk needs medical help. I, I mean, I'm not disagreeing with that, but the the bucks are just tiny children and, uh, and like changing your bio every time that it, it's like, i get that it's shit heel bullshit but right. you you know i don't like shit heel bullshit yeah i'm not really a fan of it yeah and like the only ship shit heel i feel like i can fully accept at this point is the miz <laughs> and like if, if you're any other person than that i'm i'm done it's funny that you've come full circle with i've come full miz. circle on the miz i've also come full circle on randy orton which i hate about myself <laughs> but that's a whole nother story just in time for him to retire did you see though the um the uh game that aew put the exploding yes the fight forever game yes 
Yeah, and they are loving. It's it's kind of a dice roll whether you get an actual exploding death match or you get the one that we got <laughs> when Moxley and Kenny Omega did exploding. Where it's just a fizzle. <laughs> oh my god, that's so good. <laughs> yeah, that's a that's a that's a wonderful callback. That's all I've got for headlines. You got anything else? I've got just one more stupid little thing because you know you guys just love hearing about Taylor Swift over and over again when they talk about. This stuff. I did not see a Taylor it. Swift fan. I did not see an uptick in downloads because we talked about Taylor Swift, but yeah. go off. Yes. No, all it really is, it ties into wrestling, is that she announced that she's going to be doing a uh, global tour. So she's going for international dates this time. And somebody responded with it saying, Taylor Swift is in the Tokyo Dome for about four nights. She has to be facing Okada at at least what that <laughs> five star classic immediately. I can't wait to see the uh, pictures of uh, Minoru Suzuki. Yes. Dressed up like Mur- Murder Grandpa, dressed to the nines at a Taylor Swift concert, <laughs> singing along to the tracks. That would be wonderful. It's going to be adorable. <laughs> well, speaking of adorable, we're going to take a break and then we're going to get into our interview with Miss Lauren Jewell. Uh, we're going to talk about some photography stuff and her time in burlesque. That's all next on the Really Big Fan Podcast. Yeah. <laughs> Welcome back to the Really Big Fan Pod. It is Chisuck and Acronym sitting in the studio. And this week, we've got a new friend to introduce you to. Her name is Lauren. And uh, we're happy to have you on the show, Lauren. Welcome to the Really Big Fan Pod. Hi, thank you for having me. Uh, Sharpie also sends her regards. She's <laughs> the first one up here. We'll see who else comes to visit. Excellent. How many cats do you have? Three, almost four. I have a friend moving in later this year, and she also has a cat. Nice. So it's gonna be great. Kitty Haven. Yeah, you're gonna have a jungle. <laughs> I'm I'm fine with this. Well, we're having you on today because I, I know that you used to do some burlesque entertainment and stuff like that, but you're now transitioning from doing that to being more on the other end of the camera and becoming a photographer in that situation. So tell me tell me how you ended up on that journey. Right. So what had happened was um, I started doing burlesque back in 2017. I was one of the first graduates of the Detroit School of Burlesque taught by Holly Hawk, who's from Indiana. Uh, She is back in Detroit now, though, which is really cool. Um, And then, of course, 2020 happened. So there wasn't a whole lot going on in the burlesque community over here. Um, There were a couple of online shows and I honestly missed the online show options because it was so fun to like see what people were doing and like filming those. Um, My friend at the time, sorry, I'm just going to keep petting this cat. Oh, you're fine. Uh, (laughs) This is a pro cat show. This is a pro cat podcast. This is actually an interview for you. Would you you like to talk to your new friend? No? Okay. (laughs) Well, we tried. Um, we did an online show and like I used my phone to do it, but one of our performance performers, Lilith Von Tall, who is also a fantastic producer, was in it. So we were in her backyard and just filming and like then I took it and we edited it together and it was really cool. So like that was kind of the start of it. And then just last year, it was right after I closed on my house. And it was when Apocalyptica came with Lacuna Coil. And my friend Josh 
phones shots from the show and he knew that they're one of my favorite bands because i'm also low-key obsessed with finland i have no family there as far as i'm aware there is no bloodline and like there's no family history of finland but i just have this thing about that country and its music um and he was like hey i have a spare camera and i can get another photo pass or whatever do you want to come try it like i know you used to do it like in high school and stuff and i said yeah that sounds fun uh so we went there he helped me get everything set up on the camera because i'd been such a long time i was also originally a nikon person and now i am team canon i understand lessons learned and it just kind of went from there. It was supposed to be just a fun night. Like we got there. He's like, if you don't want to take photos, you don't have to. Oh, no, no. I want to try it. Uh, and then he took the camera back at the end of the night. And as he was uploading them, he said, do you want to just keep doing this? So that kind of started that portion. And now I've been borrowing his camera for over a year while I make payments on my new one uh, that I finally took out of the box. Took a really long time. And, uh, yeah, kind of been volunteering at some of the local burlesque shows here because there are a few photographers in the area. However, I think I definitely have an advantage of being a fellow performer and kind of understanding more of what's happening in every act just because, oh, I've been on that stage before. I know when you're going to do a whoosh and when to start clicking when you do the whoosh. <laughs> That makes perfect sense because, you know, sometimes I, I've said before, too, with music on my end, it's like if I actually know the band or artist that I'm shooting, it is infinitely easier to know, like, when the big moments are going to hit. When is the bass going to drop? All that other stuff. Having that knowledge when you go into it and then hearing a specific song and you're like, oh, like, there's this big climax. It's you can kind of plan your shots out or at least know when to focus and when to be on what person if there's multiple people if it's like a band versus just an artist but being that you used to perform this more you kind of have that in of like okay so they're going to come to the the big finish or they're probably going to do this toward the end i should probably be over here when that happens it's a very interesting insight that you can have with it yeah and it's also really fun because it's like uh, the other photographers in, in this particular area usually are men. So sometimes it also, I think the performers are happier to have a more feminine person taking their pictures sometimes. Oh, yeah. Not to say I don't dislike, like, not to say I don't hate anybody, but <laughs> it's different. <laughs> No, that's actually a, a point that a lot of the concert photographers will make to not not even so much in in this state, but there are some of us where it's kind of like you look at in the pit and the better or the bigger the show, the more men are involved <laughs> and like it, it loosens up the less like popular the show is. It's really weird. And I, I don't know. It's kind of a weird boys club sometimes here. But um, when it comes to the industry as a whole, it tends to be a little bit more male dominated, although it's becoming more balanced as the years go on. But there was even somebody who had taken a side by side of Taylor Swift at, on a specific night of her era's tour. And one was shot by a man and one was shot by a non-binary femme. 
And when you looked at the pictures, the pictures were so different because it was like there was mm-hmm. an intention there that the non-binary person did that you don't see on the other side. It was like the other side, it was being shot like just straight on editorially, whatever. And then this other shot mm-hmm. had a cool angle and had like kind of a capture of a certain emotion. And like not to say that men can't do that, but there are definitely more men that go and spray and pray. Or in terms of burlesque, I would never <laughs> know if maybe they get in there and they're like, hot ladies. <laughs> well, I think that goes, yeah, it also goes back to what you were saying about knowing your subject. Yeah. And like there's there's probably a good chance in that Taylor Swift example that the non-binary person was probably a big fan and just like you was like oh it's this song oh she's going to do this thing at this part and the mm-hmm. other guy may not have had that knowledge well and the interesting thing is like so her, the photographer that she usually has come from getty has been shooting her for years it's just it's very oh. like magazine style it's like kevin mazer or something he's like one of the biggest guys that they have and it's that she requests him but like there's just not a creativity thing happening there because he's probably from the old guard of like shooting like from a magazine or sure. something that like this could be mm-hmm. in Entertainment Weekly or it's going to Getty. You don't have as much creativity that you can do there, too, which is something I always mm-hmm. have to think about because I know there are some people that have told me even locally that because they shoot for like a radio station or a specific blog or Detroit News Free Press or whatever, they have to shoot less creatively because they don't have the creative control sure so that could be a factor as well but (laughs) random side tangent there (laughs) no i like that and you're right so like i i'm gonna keep talking about josh because without him i i wouldn't be here basically um so like he does shots from the show but he also used to work for like metro times and stuff and like when he would cover things for metro times it was always very like he would fix the white balance and you know maybe do some cropping Versus when he does shots from the shows at like burlesque shows or concerts. And like when I do my own stuff as Roaming Roach, um, we can edit however we want. Although I will say there's one band, uh, the Picassos, who I love dearly. They are my spooky boys. They only want photos of black and white ever, forever in a day, only black and white. So it's fun to be like, I know your style now. I know that this group wants these kinds of photos and like this other group kind of wants something more like this and probably likes colorful things. Yeah, there. I think sometimes people don't always look like they don't go to the band's profile and see what they're putting out. You know, there was there was mm-hmm. one band that I got like asked to do something for and I looked at all their shots and I could kind of tell like where they wanted it and everything else. And then like when I got there, they weren't having the same night they normally had. So the energy was off. And I'm like, oh, no, these don't look as cool. And then they ended up not posting them, even though like they paid me to shoot because of the fact that like it didn't look nearly as high energy as the other shots that they had. And I'm they didn't tell me the reasoning, but I'm guessing that's what it is where, you know, they have a certain vibe or aesthetic they want to go by. And certain genres of photography have that in itself, too, because like I feel like with something like burlesque, you can probably be a little more creative with the colors and tones and stuff like that versus like if you were just, you know, working for like a Metro Times or something. Yeah. <laughs> so does it feel weird to be on the opposite end of it now? A little bit. Um. So what I think is kind of personally a little 
funny or different is that I now have tat hair on taps, which is fun. Thank you, Sharpie. Delicious. That was better than my dinner, I guess. Um, so luckily, uh, there's a new burlesque class here, and it's taught by uh, Eartha Kitten, who is amazing. If you guys ever get a chance to see Rouge Reveal or even the student showcases, they're so good, um, especially if you like live bands. That's what Rouge Reveal is. Um, so she, Lilith Von Tall, Hand of the Hatchet, Lottie Ellington, uh, hold on, let me map. Ursa, <laughs> Lottie, Hannah, Ursa, Lottie, Hannah, Lilith. I know her. If I am forgetting somebody, I feel so bad right now. <laughs> oh, Lena Lord. Okay, yeah, five. I was like, I feel like there's five. And Lena Lord. So they all teach uh, the art of burlesque. And they're great. So I've been doing their student showcases now um, for at least all of this year. Um, and it's been awesome. However, since they're all new uh, baby burlies, they don't know who I am versus half of the people in the crowd are like, oh, that's Veronica Lockhart. What are you doing? Like, I'm taking pictures. Also, my real name is Lauren. <laughs> so it's interesting. And like one of the other kind of little things is that when I chose my burlesque name, I chose a name name that sounds like a real person so when people were like who's who are you like oh that that's me i'm still me <laughs> that's not my real name i'm sorry to disappoint you <laughs> i i've had so many aliases that it's confused people so i totally understand that one <laughs> i feel like that's what acronym is so fun because like your name alone is so many different things yeah that was the whole point of picking it i was like so A, it stands for something, but B, it came out of like an Eminem song, which is very Detroit about it. So I was just like, yeah, this I is perfect. That people actually will just refer to me as acronym, and it got it was happening long before I started doing the cannabis side. So it's kind of funny how that all worked out. <laughs> but um, nice. Yeah, I feel like you know that's probably almost as hard or harder than a concert too sometimes with shooting burlesque because if you don't know that person's routine it's kind of like needing to know where they're gonna go or kind of feeling out the music and having the mind of the performer definitely probably opens up some of that confusion like it's not as difficult for you as it could be somebody who has no idea what's going on just a random event person <laughs> it's definitely fun yeah so part of the thing, too, like not to completely sidetrack on photo, but one of the other things that I wanted to touch base with you on is I love the online series that you have of the dad jerks <laughs> that you do. It is like my well, thank you. It is so funny. Um, and, and that was like I was scrolling through Instagram one day and one of your dad jokes popped up and I was like, Chuck, we need to talk to her. No her. Yeah. We worked in the same building, even if we didn't cross paths all that often. It's true. I walked by you at least one time during one of your late night shifts. And I was like, oh, I follow that person's Instagram page. Or I think we're Facebook friends. Right, exactly. <laughs> You're like, he looks familiar. Even if he looks like this. Yes. <laughs> yep. Maybe some headphones on. And yeah, yep, that's Chuck. All right. Yep. So um, when did you start doing that? 
Was that out of like the pandemic or? A little bit. So it was actually a gift in 2022 from my old friend. Um, She gave it to me. Oh, actually, no, she gave me one thing. Uh, She gave me dad jokes that were Christmas themed. But my supervisor at my job pulled my name for a secret snowflake because for whatever reason, they didn't want to call it Secret Santa. I don't get it. (laughs) Um, So after just knowing me for like a month, he's like, I know what to get this girl. And I got the 2022 Daily Dad Jokes. And I said, I am going to be so annoying with these. (laughs) And then it started. And then... Uh, I'm not gonna lie. I used to. I don't really like the clock app, so I haven't really uploaded anything on there since like December. So I still have super pink hair. The last time I logged onto it, and uh, Facebook, I go iffy on, but YouTube, YouTube people really like it or really hate it, and then they comment their angry comments, and it's just really funny. <laughs> I wonder if they're like the way that you are about not not selling my puns. Yeah, they're just like no, because if, if if they're leaving your dad comments on YouTube saying that they hate it, they have to actively engage instead of just be like. <laughs> I I can't tell you how many times I just say something pun to him to anybody really, and they're just like, oh my god. Like the other night we got out of the Fillmore show, and they were I we'd gotten mom spaghetti. I'd never tried it before. And Jacob Giampa goes, so how is the spaghetti? And I said, well, there's not vomit on my sweater already. And I'm like, and Sam just looked at me like, really? And I'm like, I'm sorry. <laughs> no, be sorry. Never apologize. <laughs> Do you have really? questions you'd like to ask? Yeah. Um. So... What was it, uh, you, like you talked about your origins, like shooting a shooting a concert. What was it that made you connect your history with burlesque in with doing photo work? So I feel like it was just a happy accident as well, where, you know, Josh let me tag along with him for that concert last year. And then he let me borrow the camera. Uh, I'm still borrowing this camera, like I said, I finally bought my own but i'm making payments on it and i'm too scared to actually finish opening it so it's out of the main package and now it's just sitting on a shelf like yes one day you will be used eventually (laughs) um and it was when eartha had really started the students and things and like i had messaged her said hey if they ever need headshots or anything I volunteer like I'm zero dollars because I don't really know what I'm doing half the time. It's just happy accidents. Um, and then we did those and they turned out pretty good or at least decent. So, you know, nothing, anything's better than nothing, I guess. And then we started doing the student showcases and I'm super thankful because there's another two performers and producers that are like, if I can't have this one person then I want you there. So like, this weekend, because um, right now it's June 14th, and I realize it won't come out this week, and that's fine. But um, I'll be doing photos on Saturday at, I believe, the congregation for the 2023 Juneteenth Jams. So it's just really nice to like be able to be part of a community. And then I know at the end of this month, there's a queer-coded show in Hamtramck. So anytime I can support anything, I am on board for 
That's awesome. I guess also coming from uh, coming from burlesque, what would you say is probably the biggest uh, preconceived notion people have of burlesque without seeing it that that you could debunk? Okay. Um, do you get naked? Well, yes and no. Uh, so not to hmm. So with burlesque, you usually go down to like a C string, um, which basically a G string. So like a thong sure. with like a thin, like everything's covered. Like you can't feed the bit. And then you got a uh, boob hat, AKA pasties. And they're really fun. But what else is cool about burlesque and performing in general is if you don't want to get that nude, you don't have to. If you just want to take your gloves off, do that. If you don't even want to wear gloves, do that. It's your body. It's your choice. It's just celebrating yourself and taking up the space that you deserve to take up. Interesting. Yeah, I dig that. There's, I know I've seen, I've gone to the Dirty Show before and seen some performances I feel like I've seen Holly Hawk before, to be honest. Or I just yeah, especially if you get into the show. Um, but there was one person I feel like it was at at Dirty Show where I remember seeing someone dressed as a hamburger, and and they were progressively taking the pieces of the hamburger off and like got down to like lettuce, uh, like a lettuce bra or something like. And, like it was it was really fun. So it's like. I feel like sometimes, and and you can correct me if I'm wrong, but I feel like sometimes people like think it's more sexual than it is. Sometimes, sometimes mm-hmm. it's just for funsies. Like people dress oh, up yeah. in Baltimore and do burlesque, right? Like, yep. So my first burlesque routine was Oogie Boogie from Nightmare Before Christmas. It's definitely yeah. one of my signatures. Um, it's also why my tagline is the Countess of Cockroaches, and I mean, I also just really like cockroaches, but. It is a part of my act. Um, so like Nerdlesque, that's my favorite thing in the world. Uh, there's also the Midwest Nerdlesque Festival. Uh, there's the Coney Island Nerdlesque Festival. And I think they're like the original ones. Um, I didn't know it had its own like genre name. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Oh, yeah. Uh, and like that's like every form of nerd. I'm like, I've seen Doctor Who numbers. I've seen Chewbacca numbers. Or wait, maybe I put this side. I say I see a Chewy, I see a Yoda. I've I've seen I've not seen the uh, salad fingers guy, but now I'm kind of intrigued about that. <laughs> oh my god, that would be so funny! Yeah, to so like somewhere in like a rare uncut or something. <laughs> there you go. If either of you want to start performing, let me know. I might not be a producer <laughs> myself, but I will see what I can do. This is this is one of those jokes where I say like this it would be bad if I was a DJ because I know that I would interject the weirdest shit into a DJ set. And I had one of my DJ friends go like, hey, I'll teach you how to do it. And I was like, that's dangerous because I'm going to put like acid lizard in the middle of like a huge drop. It's going to build up to the base and all of a sudden it'd just be like, not my chair, not my problem. Like, <laughs> so... <laughs> There we go. Um, so what are do you have any um specific goals in mind for like the concert side of things where you're kind of going or are you just kind of trying to learn and see where it takes you for right now? In my fantasy, uh so I recently got a passport. 
So I have my passport ready to go. I know where it is. Um, I know where my ID travel one is. So in my fantasy, I go on tour with somebody. I don't know who, but like, if you're watching this and you want to show and you want to go on an adventure, I'm your ghoul. Uh, that would be I, ideal. I'm guessing preferably a band from Finland. I'm not going to be mad if it is. <laughs> I also wouldn't mind if it was a Michigan band. So uh, Bathroom of the Future or the Picassos. If either of you want to go on an adventure, I'm waiting. There you go. Yeah, there's a, yes. when you were talking about your passport, that's what I was thinking was you were like, I'm going to go to Finland. That was where my brain went. I do. I want to so bad. Uh, I am sort of learning it on Duolingo, although... Now, uh, you know, Duo is giving me death threats because I haven't turned it on in a really long time. That's fine. <laughs> but, you know, that owl was serious business. Duo was terrifying. Yeah. <laughs> you have any other thoughts? No, no, no thoughts. No thoughts, just purse? Just purse. No thoughts, only Duo. <laughs> That's what we say about our cat all the time. He's got no thoughts in his head. He's just got purse. Well, is there anything yeah. else that you would like to share? Uh, I will say I was extremely excited and I fangirled a little bit when I saw you guys uh, on Sunday night at the tangent. Yeah, that like, was I super good. Like, oh yeah, uh, real big pod or real big fan pod's gonna be there. And then I was like, wait a second, <laughs> is Akron gonna have their camera? <laughs> so technically, <laughs> we had a five minute concert in common. Yeah, I'll take it. It was fun because the the we were talking to Shawnee before we did um the before the show happened. He had his own episode. And so we were kind of like promoting everything that was going on. And I was dropping off like flyers, places and stuff to try to help kind of like promote what was happening. I was taking tape in my bags when I was going to clubs and sticking them in the bathrooms, in the doors and stuff like that, trying to just spread it as much as possible. And um, I, I remembered before, like when I saw you, I was like, oh, yeah, she is friends with Tim and all of them from Bathroom of the Future. So that was pretty <laughs> awesome. Are you going to go to the Weedas show? I want to. Um, I, I do um, also really like organization. So here I have two of my planners. I have a dry erase board and I, I wrote in big letters like you have plans in this day on July. Uh, <laughs> you are busy. You are going on an adventure. So will you be there as well? Yeah, yeah, we got tickets for that because uh, yeah, I can't miss Weedus doing D Teenage Dirtbag. I can't. I just <laughs> fell in love with that song last year, um, and then it's you know to, get, to go and see one of my best friends play a show with them, and then be standing next to him in the crowd screaming Teenage Dirtbag at the top of my lungs like it's that it, it's gonna be a good time. <laughs> it's gonna be a highlight of my it's summer. Glorious. Yeah, I got him hooked on it because I it, it's always been one of those songs for me. Uh, just like everybody that is my age of millennial knows that song. Huh. And so there was a day where we were playing rock band and I was like, oh, yeah, you should find this song. And then we played it. And he's like, I love it. And then we had to play it every time we played rock band because we used to do rock band Sundays. Yeah. So like every Sunday, that, we always play that with that. So it was pretty Aww. fun. So there was actually a, a music call for shows. They were like, you know, we're looking for like opening acts for Weedus. And I sent it to Tim. So I am the reason this happened. Because I was like, Tim, you yeah. got to do it. 
It's so perfect. It's right that that right amount of nerd. Yeah. <laughs> uh-huh. So we're we're all gonna have a blast and the most wholesome band I've ever encountered. <laughs> They're just all so precious. Like Tim, I, I told him, like, you're basically a dad without like dad. Yeah. You're just you just look like a dad. Get the cat with the bow tie with sure. Crystal. <laughs> and and Crystal is so adorable too. I finally went up to them the other day. I'm like, I just, you know, at first I thought you just looked nice because maybe you're getting out of work because usually the shows are on weekdays. But no, you're oh, just adorable. Fancy. Yeah, she's always yeah, she's, she's always so dressed to the nines. I love it. <laughs> she's, they, they've got like this cool kind of almost retro vibe too, where it's like uh, she's kind of got that um chick from ghostbusters oh janine yeah yeah there's there's definitely an element of that where i look at crystal and i go they did a a, a, like a local version of that you would be the perfect look for that right Mm -hmm. but yeah they're definitely fun so where can people find your stuff online lauren uh so on facebook.com slash roaming roach photography and Instagram is also Roaming Roach Photography. Um, if they want to be annoyed and uh, have dad jokes, which I understand that some people say that they're childish, but really they're full grown, you can find them on Lauren Jewel underscore for on the YouTubes. <laughs> there you go. Awesome. Thank you. No regrets. And we'll be back with our Thanks once again to Lauren for uh, hanging out with us for this week's really big fan podcast. I feel like I learned something. Yeah. Which... And, th- and now you want a uh, burlesque in a lizard costume? Yeah, I'll, pu- I'll put a lizard costume and you can you can play the uh, the acid lizard stuff that you're <laughs> talking about. lizard DJ stuff. Right. And I'll, you know, I'll do sexy dancing. So we need to get a lizard costume and a CDJ. That sounds expensive. It does. But you know what? We have a Patreon where people can uh, throw money at us, at us. Yeah, if that sounds like a project that you want to see, then you can follow us at patreon.com backslash really big fan pod. I have literally always told Coral, like, like, don't teach me how to DJ. It'll like, be the worst thing you ever be the do. worst thing ever. Because I will just, I will use it for evil. <laughs> <laughs> and I know I will. I'll just like splice internet memes into all of my sets. Right. And then I'll become like the next Steve Aoki and my gimmick is to drop memes into sets and not throw cakes at people. Why do you want to throw cakes at people? That sounds fun. No, that's what uh, Steve Aoki does. Oh, there he says, you can see me doing Transformers burlesque. I do. Oh, yeah. Do you have that Optimus Prime helmet downstairs? Yeah, there you go. I, used to, I wore that at a Halloween once. Uh, so I was I was playing the drums with the band I was in and I was Rocktimus Prime. You, you have to do, you got the touch though. That has to be. Bam, 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 <laughs> you got the touch, touch. <laughs> you got the power. <laughs> oh, God. All right. Well, if you're still with us after that, thank Curse you very much. Curse with Chuck Bean. Right, exactly. Speaking of the Patreon, I just had a really good conversation with somebody over this weekend. We're going to be starting a Patreon-only show uh, coming up next month. That I'll have more information on in the weeks to come. And... If you haven't noticed, as of last week's show, uh, we have started running ads during the shows. And if you want to get an ad-free version of the show starting this week, we're going to put a $5 tier up on Patreon so that you can uh, we'll, you can get it. Not only can you get the show as soon as I'm done with it, <laughs> not off the press, but uh, you can get it ad-free over at Patreon. So we're going to set that up later on this afternoon. 
And that'll be going forward. That'll be how that works. All right, enough business. Let's talk about serotonin boosts. Go for it. You want me to go first? Yeah. Uh, this week, my serotonin boost is going to be a game that I've been playing for months with some friends of mine. It's called Barrow Trauma. It's on Steam. It's um, kind of technically a side-scroller, but uh, the, the appeal of it is that you are all in a submarine uh, up on, like, it's kind of sci-fi. You're supposed to be up on an, another planet like Jupiter or something uh, and, and underwater and running these missions. You can have up to 16 players online playing at the same time. I've got a group that has gone from uh, like four players to as many as seven or eight players that will all be in the Discord, letting everybody know what's going on at different parts of the submarine. You play different roles. The captain obviously drives the submarine and checks the the sonar. You've got security officers that are firing the guns at the things that will attack you under the sea, whether it's other subs or whether it's alien creatures. Uh, Then you've got different mechanics that are fixing the sub and uh, going out and doing the mining for minerals and stuff when you get those missions. we we I play it uh, once or twice a week with some friends of mine, and we have a blast every week. It is the highlight. My social highlight of my entire week is when I can sit at my computer with a couple of friends and basically Tetris the all the storage areas in our submarine to make sure stuff is where it's supposed to be. I friggin' love it, and it is, like I said, it's the highlight of my week. So that's my... uh. That's my serotonin boost this week and pretty much for the last couple of months. <laughs> <laughs> yes, it's actually very fun to listen to you guys play that, too, because you guys are constantly yelling random things at each other, it's, and it's fun. Yeah, it's true, and I don't know, like, it's gotten to the point now where we'll get done with it, and I'll tell you about it, and I feel like like a six-year-old kid trying to tell mom about, like, what, let's pretend you played on the playground kind of thing, because yeah. I'm always telling you these things that you have no context for. Yeah. It's funny, though, because I pick up enough because I can hear you guys. Right. There's no headphone action going on. I don't wear headphones when I'm online. I'll be in here doing whatever, probably smoking weed. Um, I'll, but I'll be in here and I'll hear things going on out there. And yes. it's just like, like I'll hear you die or something. Yep. and then, Or I'll hear Fred. Yep. I, I sometimes hear Hendo, but I mostly hear Fred. Uh, <laughs> and it's it's very amusing overall, especially you guys talking about Acid Lizard and stuff. Yes. But it's to the point of I don't know the names of the games. I know the code names that you guys use <laughs> we for the games. So it'll so be like, I'll walk out and I'll see like these little troll guys. I'm like, oh, you guys playing Beards? Oh, okay, cool. Oh, oh, you guys are playing Submarines today? Oh, look, you guys are playing Ewoks. You haven't played that in a minute. Every game we play, we don't actually call by the name in Discord. We just like, like if we're going to play Deep Rock Galactic, it's like, you guys want to play Beards tonight? Yeah. We want to play Battlefront 2, it's Ewok time. So it's slightly it's slightly amusing for me as well. And I'm just like, I'm the nerd that gets stoned and then comes out and starts saying things in the microphone yeah. and being like an <laughs> asshole. And then I'm like, I should just leave them alone. But sometimes it's just so um so my serotonin boost this week was like i was putting on my makeup this morning and i'm like i don't even know what my serotonin boost is this week but then when we got in here right before we got live i got approved to shoot upheaval fest in grand rapids this is the first uh festival that i'll be shooting that isn't mopop or movement or charavari so like that's or riff fest yeah like, out of, like, all the festivals that I usually get, it's more localized stuff. This one's in Grand Rapids, so that's pretty awesome. Um, I've never done that one before, but there are a lot of bands on there that I want to get re-ups for because that I've shot before, but I'm better now, so I'm going to do more of it. So I'm pretty stoked about that. Are you going to get to shoot, like, every band? I have to basically look and see what is 
uh, time frame wise. Yeah. They release the time frames because they still don't. And then you have to kind of schedule who you're going to shoot. and where. Yeah. I'll look at it and go, OK, like, who do I want? Yeah. From this time. Sometimes things overlap, which is really right. hard with some of the festivals that you do. With stuff like Riff Fest, it was really easy because like you had the second stage first and then you had the other the big stage. Yep. So you could go from one to the other really easily and you didn't have to worry about missing something unless you wanted to get that acoustic set in right. between. That was the only hard place every time. But with some of the other ones, like when you're doing movement, you have four or five stages to contend with. So you have to figure out what, it's kind of like going to conventions. You have to figure out like, these two things are happening at the same time. Which one do I want to see more? Exactly. And so like with movement this year, it was uh, Skrillex and then Dom Dalla and John Summit were at the same time. And with the way that Heart Plaza is also set up, it's really hard to get from point A to point B. Right. So it was like, shoot Skrillex for a while, run upstairs and go to Dom Dalla and John Summit who were doing a back-to-back and shoot them real quick. And then I went back to Skrillex because I wanted to see the whole wow. thing. So I was running back and forth. That's why like, I had one of my friends was like, "Uh, yeah, hey, like, I, I think I want to go. Can I come hang out with you? And I'm like, I don't have time to hang out. I'm yeah. working. I'm going to be in the pit the whole time, you know, that sort of thing. So it's probably going to be something similar with this. I would assume that they probably have two or three stages. So if there's yeah, just an two. overlap. With Mopop, they only have two stages. So it was like once you'd get done with your first three songs, which we only get thir- first three songs usually when you shoot any. Right. So you get that and you can't use a flash. So a lot of stuff has to be done. Like you have to have low light lenses and all that crap. But um, you're kind of running back and forth once your three songs end. You go to the other stage and then you wait. Yep. So you can get in there before it's like too hard to get around everybody else. So it's it's one of those things. But I'm really excited. I know there's like Ice Nine Kills is on there, which I've never shot before. There's some returning bands that I've shot like um, Eva Under Fire. Yeah, some of the local groups of, yeah. of Virtue. Or could- and I've shot uh, uh, Falling in Reverse before. I'm going to get them again. I've never shot... Um, we came as Romans before, so that's something that I might be able to get into. And when so, when is it? When is uh, July 14th, 15th. So I know which weekend I've got the house all to myself. Yep, yep. So you're going to have to just eat pizza. I'm going to eat pizza rolls and play Fortnite? Yes. All weekend. It, it, your brain just sounds like you're listening to ska the whole time because yep. you're just eating pizza rolls. and Here I am, <laughs> doing everything I can, get all the time. Yep. That's exactly what's going to happen. Yep. That's good. That's good. And I'll stream it too. It'll yeah. be a good time. I, I hope you do it with the dancing the whole the time. Too. I can skip. Are, are you gonna Are you gonna learn to floss for the stream for that? I don't know. Learn. I can... <laughs> All right, we're ending this now. Sit. <laughs> I can floss. <laughs> All right. Well, that that kind of concludes the show for today. It does. Yeah. <laughs> we're gonna go out on a on a high note there. <laughs> Find us at uh, on social media at Really Big Fan Pod. We're on Twitter. We're on Instagram. We're on TikTok. We're on uh, Facebook. We are on TikTok, but I think I've only posted one video there. So we're blowing up on Instagram. We're blowing up on Instagram. So, <laughs> and as I said, you can see us on uh, Patreon, Patreon.com/slash Really Big Fan Pod, and you can check out the video of this over on our YouTube, which is the same YouTube.com/slash Really Big Fan Pod, and then check out the audio version wherever you're getting your podcast. Thank you guys for uh, joining us for another week, and we'll talk to you next week.
what would you pay $250,000 to experience? I'm trying to think of something that I'm not going to get canceled for. (laughs) (laughs) Awful. I, I, I know I told Elrad on Facebook that I know it's cliche, but I still want to go to Chernobyl. What? Why? Urban exploring, duh. And then come back with like radiation poisoning? No, you have to wear like a radiation suit and stuff when you do it. I, like, you have to have the gear to do it. That's why it would cost so much. That's still insane. I, well, I, okay, here's the thing, though. If I had that kind of money, I can do whatever. Yeah, like give it to somebody who will put you in a little metal tube that goes up and down in the ocean and inevitably gets crushed up powder. (laughs) Well, I wouldn't do that. Honestly, though, like the reason why I was obsessed with urban exploring for so long is because I got obsessed with the Titanic at like eight years old. So be lucky that I don't still want to do that. Yeah, no, that's that's good. You know, if I was if I was to do that with the Titanic, I would just want to go with James Cameron because at least he survived. (laughs) Yeah, well, he was smart enough not to, like, go down there. With a PS5 controller driving right. the ship. Exactly. They, they only can get text messages down there to direct them. They don't have a GPS. They don't have a window yeah. to you, yeah, you look out of. Nothing. Yeah, no, it, it, once again, t- talking about barotrauma, if if I've learned one lesson from barotrauma, it's that I don't want to go underwater. No. I don't want to know what's down there. Same. Yeah, no, underwater scares me, and, like, it's in a deep spot, too. Yeah. Like, it's very deep into the ocean, and... I would just expect that I'd find some sort of sea creature that I would have nightmares about for the rest of my life. I can't breathe underwater. I can't swim all that well. Like, I'm not a creature that's made to be in the water. So, like, I don't need to be there. I need to be on land, on a couch, holding a controller, watching a television. This is just making me think of that scene from Rogue One with K2SO where they're like, well, what happens if we get shot down? And he goes, well, then we'll die in, in space. And he goes, I can survive in space. <laughs> like, he's the only one and he's just like, I'm fine. You right. guys would be screwed, but I'm fine. Exactly. No, if I, if, if the, the only thing I would like to experience with like $250,000, something like that is like, if I could, um, if I could slay with like the Foo Fighters or like. Oh yeah, that'd be fun. Yeah. Like if I could, you know, maybe get on stage with them at a, at the, that, not even like a huge show. Like I mean, basically the dream that you had that one night where you were playing guitar. Yeah, I think so. Dave. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Was, you know, like I would, I like to play, play guitar with like the Queens of the Stone Age and the Foo Fighters and maybe a couple other bands. I'm surprised it wasn't something like buy your way onto a, uh, in a role for a Transformers movie or something. No, yeah. Well, yeah. Can you can you replace my um my consciousness into a robot that turns into a car? If <laughs> well, that, I mean, you could be the human. If that said, I don't want to be the human. I want to be the car. I want to turn into the car. Oh boy. Yeah. All right. 